Hi, I'm Miriam Kramer, and you're listening to the Science Line Podcast. This is the sound of science. I have a riddle for you. What begins before we can speak is subconscious and even somewhat sexist? If you guessed, <laughs> you would be correct. According to Robert R. Provine, a professor of psychology and neuroscience at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. And author of the book, Laughter, A Scientific Investigation. Laughing is a lot like crying. It's hard to control and it's really difficult to fake. Half of the people that you would ask to laugh and command would say, well, I can't do it. Where even if they're game and want to give it a try, uh, it sounds faked. So laughter is not under conscious control. Although there's no reliable data on how many times a day the average person laughs, Provine's research shows that everyone laughs 30 times more when around other people than when alone. When we laugh when we're alone, uh, we're typically laughing in re, uh, response to vicarious social stimulations. Solitary laughter only seems to occur when prompted by outside social forces, like thinking about a funny person, odd situation, or a TV show. You want bread? Yes, please. Three dollars! <laughs> no soup for you! This is part of the reason sitcoms, like that clip from Seinfeld, use laugh tracks. We all laugh more when we hear other people laughing. Like solitary laughter, laughing at inappropriate times happens, although it isn't nearly as common as most people believe. So inappropriate laughter, you know, such as you know, laughing at a funeral or laughing at someone else's misfortune, uh, these are actually rather rare occurrences. And we wouldn't take note of them if they weren't so rare. Recent findings have shown that laughing is not the sole property of humanity. All great apes and even some other mammals display laughing behaviors. But instead of sounding like this, <laughs> they sound like this, <laughs> suggesting that R <laughs> originally began as. In fact, Provine argues that humor has very little to do with laughing at all. It doesn't explain anything saying that I laughed at something because it was funny. That's just saying uh, that you laughed at something because it made you laugh. A laughter like talking is a way of changing the behavior of other individuals. So laughter evolved uh, as a sound uh, for communication. One strange aspect of laughing that cuts across all cultural and social barriers is that men get more laughs than women. This odd phenomenon appears in every culture where laughing has been studied. Female comedians like Natasha Leggero are used to being in the minority. Male comics are always coming up to me and they're like, Hey Natasha, don't you think you're a little attractive to be a comedian? And I'm like, don't you think you're a little ugly to be talking to me? <laughs> Women, on the whole, get fewer laughs than men, and men find other men funnier than they find women. Take personal ads, for example. How many times have you seen a profile on a dating site with a woman looking for a man that can keep her laughing? Now, how often do you see a man asking for a funny woman? Not very often, right? At least, this particular facet of sexism doesn't appear to be our fault. It's actually ingrained within us. One possible reason for this strange disparity could be that through most of the course of human history, men had to make women laugh in order to stand a shot at passing down their genes. 
In other words, if a man was funny, he had a better chance of attracting a mate and thereby producing more funny little offspring. Men don't decide to laugh less frequently at women. It just happens. Because whether you're looking at the laughter of men or women, it's unconsciously controlled. So we see the acting out of an ancient instinctive script over which we have little conscious control. In spite of the differences between funny men and women, some research suggests that laughter might benefit everybody. It can aid in stress relief, protect the heart, and boost immune responses. But though these things might be true, Provine believes that they're simply secondary benefits that have little, if anything, to do with the evolutionary origins of laughter. It may not actually cause good health, but that may be the product of it, or be a product of the social setting uh, that's conducive to good health. Regardless of the perceived health benefits or possible embarrassment that laughter might cause, my guess is, well, I'll keep laughing anyway. <laughs> this has been Miriam Kramer with ScienceLine.org. Thanks for listening. I'm